A lot of people see the breakthrough cases and say, aha, this proves the vaccine doesn't work. This proves that I'm not going to get a booster or I'm not going to get the vaccine because look, 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 look at all these uh, breakthrough cases. But what I think they don't understand is while we're having those breakthrough cases, in terms of death and hospitalization, meaning severe illness and death, the vaccines are still highly, highly effective. Dr. Jonathan Bakhtari. You can see it. I mean, it's crystal clear. I think it's going to really revolutionize things. Which is a big game changer. All information discussed or provided by Jonathan Bakhtari, MD, Dr. Bakhtari, and or his affiliates and guests are for educational purposes only. The information discussed and provided is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding a medical concern or condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of any information discussed or provided by Dr. Bakhtari or his affiliates and guests. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call 911 immediately. Hi, welcome to another episode of Bakhtari MD. I'm Dr. Jonathan Bakhtari. And today I want to talk to you about something that I get a lot of questions about, which is how to stay safe uh, with the holiday travels and this pandemic. So we're all sort of making plans for Thanksgiving and the Christmas uh, holidays. And um, I think um, I think the the question in everyone's mind is, you know, uh, are we back to normal? Are we back to 2019? Or are we going to have to handle these holidays a little bit differently? So I want to kind of break up some of that strategy for you and, and how to think about it. I mean, the first thing I think you really need to think about is your own status, number one. So clearly how a 20-year-old would think about a 40-year-old and a 60 and an 80-year-old would approach the holidays has it's got to be different. It can't be the same because we know the virus uh, potentially can cause more serious issues in older people. Added to that is, do you have risk factors? If you have risk factors, then planning is going to be even more important. So if you're older and have risk factors, of course, then you're, you're going to have to view it slightly with a different lens. Then the last category you really need to think, think about is, are you vaccinated? So are you, you know, are you older, younger? Uh, do you have pre-existing conditions? And are you vaccinated? Ideally, you know, two vaccines if you've gotten the mRNA vaccines, uh, and potentially three vaccines. Um, so when someone says, how should I prepare uh, for travel? I don't think that answer is the same for everybody. So depending on where you fall in that category, you know, the answer is going to be slightly different. The next thing to look at is where are you going in terms of, you know, activity, crowds, number of people, and, and also are the people you're going to be with, uh, are they vaccinated or are they not vaccinated? Uh, so I think if you factor the the things about you and the things about where you're going, you can start to make intelligent decisions. So let's just break down even like where you're going. If you're going to be skiing Utah in a cabin uh, with your you know just immediate family, that's a lot different than if you're going to be going to New York and trying to catch some shows and going out to dinner and riding the subway. So not all holiday travel is the same. 
Okay, being a, in a cabin in Utah is not the same thing as being a, in a subway in New York. So it, you have to understand what travel really means. Travel doesn't mean the same thing to everybody, right? So when you look at yourself and you understand where you are, your risk factors and whether you've been vaccinated, and then where you're going, that will determine your your level of risk. Your level of risk is really related to the number of people you're going to interact with when you're traveling, the concentration of people you're going to be interacting uh, when you're traveling, and their vaccination status when you're traveling. So uh, you then have to pair up your risk where you are to the level of activity you're going to be doing. And only then can you really decide if that's for you. So I would say if you have minimal risks, younger and and vaccinated, you're pretty much, I think, safe to go, you know, for the most part. If you are not, if you haven't been vaccinated, if you're older, you have risk factors, I would, you know, try to gauge the concentration of number of people you're going to be seeing, what kind of tight quarters, how many times over the one or two weeks you're going to be on holiday and then decide whether you want to, to take that risk. Just remember one thing, risk when it comes to seeing people is simply a numbers game. If in a two week period, you're going to be in close contact with 10 people versus 20 versus 40 versus 80, your risk of getting exposed literally is really linear with the number of people you're going to be seeing. So, you can in your own mind say, well, you know, I'm going to be going to one restaurant, one show, whatever. The rest of the time, I'm just going to be with immediate friends at someone's house. You can gauge that risk. So it's not as complex as you think. How much exposure you're going to have on your travels is going to matter. The other thing we want to talk about separately is transportation. Are you going to be getting in a car and driving somewhere? Or are you going to be standing in long lines at TSA security uh, long lines and, you know, uh, getting on a plane, on a plane, long trip on a plane, and then, you know, then t- taking a taxi or an Uber somewhere. And all of that is going to factor in, in your calculations of your risk exposure. And actually recently I was in the Washington post talking about, uh, how to prepare for travel during this pandemic. So I'm going to provide a link to that in the comment below. Take a look at that if you want even more information. Now, in terms of vaccination, I, I mentioned on some previous episodes that I thought it was only a matter of time till everybody was offered the vaccine. We know the vaccine efficiency has dropped significantly with the Delta variant, especially for the three approved vaccines in the United States. And, you know, we predicted that Uh, a booster would come out. We predicted that more and more people would be offered the booster for both Pfizer and Moderna, and that day has come. So the one thing I want to say is if you currently qualify to get a booster, and and this broad category of people who can get a booster, if you fit in one of those categories and you are going to be traveling, this is the time to go ahead and get the booster. Don't wait. Uh, If you're going to have all that exposure during the holiday travels, it makes no sense to wait until you come back. And also, as the as they relax potentially more people to be eligible to get the booster between now and Thanksgiving or between now and, and the Christmas holidays, I would definitely take advantage of that. 
you have to understand the vaccine efficiency for the current crop of vaccines has dropped significantly. And with the booster, we can return some of that efficiency from the 50, 60% to 90%. But, you know, this is another really misnomer that I, I hear all the time. A lot of people see the breakthrough cases and say, aha, this proves the vaccine doesn't work. This proves that I'm not going to get a booster or I'm not going to get the vaccine because look, 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 look at all these uh, breakthrough cases. But what I think they don't understand is while we're having those breakthrough cases, in terms of death and hospitalization, meaning severe illness and death, the vaccines are still highly, highly effective. So I would not use this excuse that because we're having breakthrough cases, you shouldn't get your booster. In fact, if anything, that's the reason you should, because the, the first two vaccine, in terms of vaccine efficiency, may not be as good in terms of you catching COVID. But where it really matters, which is hospitalization, severe illness, and death, they're highly, highly effective. So I don't want that to be an excuse for people not to get the booster before holiday season uh, because they've heard of the breakthrough cases. And again, in terms of getting the booster, we know that the boosters have now been authorized so you can mix and match. So even if you got the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine, you know now you have access to the other mRNA vaccines so you can mix and match them. The point is to get a booster. If you got one J&J, go ahead and get another booster if you qualify. And if you got the Moderna and you got the Pfizer go ahead and get another booster. Um, now, whenever these boosters come along, you know, I think the issue comes, so well, like I said, it proves that it doesn't work. But I, as I've said so many times, you know, today's booster shot can be tomorrow's three shot series. We don't know that that's not the case. So I think the fact that we're getting a booster doesn't mean also that the vaccines have failed. It, it may be that it is just a third shot in, in a three-shot series, but then it also may be that the, the virus becomes endemic like the flu shot and we get yearly flu shots. So that jury's out, but that doesn't mean that a booster implies that the vaccines are a failure, both in terms of, I already mentioned, hospitalization and death, but also the fact that we're getting a booster in general is not a failure. It may be that... You know, there's hepatitis B used to be a three-shot series. Polio is a five-shot. I mean, there are other vaccines that are more than one or two shots. So having more than two shots isn't necessarily a failure of the vaccine. It, it may mean that we just simply need more to prime our system. Or it may be, and we'll find out in the next three to six months, that we just may need a booster every year like we do with the flu shot. So it doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad. You know, the other question I ask is, you know, what do I do if I'm traveling to family's house and they're not vaccinated? You know, what, 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 what do you do? One situation that is probably not so rare, but is brought up to me uh, often is uh, what happens if I'm traveling to see families, family members who are not vaccinated and should I be concerned? Well, I mean, that's a two-edged sword because if they're not vaccinated and what that could mean for you, obviously, is one thing. Uh, if you're fully vaccinated uh, but have a lot of risk factors and you're concerned, obviously, you might have second thoughts about visiting some relatives who are unvaccinated. And we could also look at the flip side of that. 
let's say they're unvaccinated, but they have risk factors and, you know, a bunch of people are waltzing into their house. That may not be good for them and to the extent that you may want to limit their exposure. So when you're visiting families who are unvaccinated, you have to look at it both ways. If they're unvaccinated, are they at risk? Are are they at high risk uh, to have a bad outcome? And then uh, the other way to look at it, if if they're not at high risk, but you're at high risk, or someone else that's going to be there is at high risk, then their unvaccinated status may impact other people who are at high risk. So those are the equations you're going to have to go through in deciding to go to someone's house who is unvaccinated. So um, aside from the vaccine, what are some of the precautions we can do while traveling? Well, first of all, you have to understand if you're flying, your biggest risk in my mind is at the airport in and out of the, out of the trip. Uh, the actual flight when the air system is on and the air is being recirculated is actually more better than, you know, certainly your home or most people's offices. So the circulation in a plane when, when the air system is on is very good. So I'm not concerned about that, but I am concerned, obviously, when you're in long lines getting in out of queues in and out of the plane. Yeah, obviously, if somebody's next to you and infected, that's not going to be good on a plane. Uh, So yeah, that is something that's a concern. But generally, the biggest hurdles are on the way to the airport, getting on the plane and getting to the hotel. Uh, So some of the strategies, obviously, is you can obviously try to limit your distance between people, wear your mask. Obviously, if there's a way that you don't have to be in large groups while you're at the airport, whether it's even you know getting food or what have you uh, at the airport, and not to be in long queues. And also, if you're going to take an Uber or a taxi, to roll down the windows on the ride there and maintain adequate ventilation. So those are some general strategies you can use. The, the standard stuff like you know wearing your mask, uh, keeping your distance, but really, really trying to those uh, to stay clear of those very vulnerable spots where you're in dense, dense concentration of people uh, in queues and waiting to get on planes and what have you. The other thing I want to go over is like, um, I know that different states have different levels of being concerned and having COVID restrictions and COVID mandates. So depending on what state you're coming from, if you're traveling, you may want to ask or find out what the level of restrictions. There are certain states where, honestly, you would think nothing is going on, and there are other states where literally you may have to show your vaccine card to get into a restaurant and different levels of masking procedures. So you also have to understand that where you're at may not be exactly the same level of concern or procedures and protocol where you're going. So always investigate where you're going and if they're going to be more lax or less lax than you currently are, and I think uh, depending on your risk factors, you may want to factor that in to your decision also. So the other thing you may want to think about is, um, you know, in the unfortunate situation where you do get sick, where you're traveling, make sure you have a plan. It's because obviously, if you get sick, you know, you're probably going to be confined somewhere, uh, for, you know, 10 days or so. 
and you need to understand what your options are if that were to happen. You certainly don't want to be in a situation where you get sick and you don't have the wherewithal to quarantine somewhere and also quarantine potentially even from the people you're traveling with. So, and what are they going to do while you're quarantining and and then, uh, you know, how are you going to get back and are they going to go back with you without you and who's going to watch over you and again a lot of it has to do with how old you are how many risk factors you have how sick you get i you know obviously i've had patients who literally are sick in bed for a week or two can't do anything for themselves and other people who have a mild case of covid19 so you really have to understand where you're going to um and how sick potentially you may or may not become and who's going to take care of you and what kind of environment are you going to be in uh, so you can you know quarantine uh, effectively but have the support that you need okay so just wrapping it up just to hit it home whether you should travel or and how you travel safely during the holiday season is a mixture of a lot of things like i said earlier based on your age risk factors for getting severe covid19 uh, your own vaccination status, how you're going to be traveling, are you going to be taking a bus, car, plane, and where are you going to, uh, the amount of exposure you're going to have when you go, are the people you're going to go visit vaccinated, what are your accommodations, and uh, these are all things. So safe travel means different things for different people, and I hope uh, that makes sense. Thank you for listening. You can check out my website, jonathanbakhtarimd.com, to sign up for my newsletter. And you can watch this full episode over on my YouTube channel, BakhtariMD, where you can leave questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes. As always, be well. Thank you. Thank you.